Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, at the UBCM uh, this week, the Union of BC Municipalities Annual Convention, the Mayor's Council on Regional Transportation warned uh, provincial officials uh, that time is running out when it comes to funding or finding new funding for public transit here uh, in the Lower Mainland because riding, ridership is beginning to surge once again in this uh, post-COVID environment. Uh, new data from TransLink shows that overcrowding of its system is going to rapidly worsen. By 2025, almost 4 in 10 rush hour bus trips will be severely overcrowded. Uh, the Mayor's Council uh, did talk about the fact the need for $21 billion, $21 billion uh, in new spending over the next 10 years is what the system needs. Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about the transit system is Kevin Quinn, the CEO of TransLink. Mr. Quinn, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So uh, before we begin our conversation about TransLink and its future, can you give me a snapshot of of where TransLink is right now in a sort of a post-COVID environment? I know last time you and I chatted, uh, I, I don't think the numbers were at, at, at that point back up to pre-COVID levels. Give me a snapshot of where TransLink is today. Sure. So uh, so sitting here today, and you know, we just got some new numbers in from a couple weeks ago, uh, we're at about 90% ridership recovery uh, compared to pre-pandemic levels. Um, that's pretty high. It's actually leading North America. And while um, I think uh, I'm really proud of those numbers, uh, this region should be proud of the way that we've kind of returned to transit, uh, it's a bit of a double-edged sword because we are also seeing some severe overcrowding uh, throughout our system as riders uh, have really come back. And so in areas like Surrey and Vancouver, especially during those peak times, we are seeing some pretty severe uh, overcrowding. So people have come back to the system in a big way, um, both during the weekdays and the weekends. We've, of course, seen some, some differences in travel patterns. But, you know, when we do our surveys, when we take a look at our data, it's, it's uh, the same people that were riding before are back on the system. They're just traveling in, in slightly different ways. And, and you could probably attribute that remaining 10% of ridership to things like hybrid work patterns. That's probably, a, a, you know, a permanent fixture of our, our, our work life these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in regards to the broader issue of funding uh, for the moment, and we'll get into sort of the need of, uh, w- w- of the future here, uh, so far, and this is a little out of left field, and I'll admit that, in regards to the EV population growing, every time I see somebody say, oh, one of my friends saying they bought an EV or people talking about buying an EV, yeah. I also remind myself in the back of it, well, you're not going to be paying for fuel, which means you're not paying the TransLink tax, which is 17 cents a liter, mm-hmm. uh, which funds our transit system. Uh, are you noticing a difference in your funding yet in regards to just the dollars coming from that fuel tax? Yeah, so, uh, so it's, a, it's a great point you've raised. And, you know, here's the thing, EVs, uh, help us reduce greenhouse gas emissions. In and of themselves, that transition from fossil-fueled cars to electric vehicles is a good thing and helps reduce uh, GHGs in our atmosphere. Um, that said, you've identified a, a, a real um, paradox of our funding stream, which is that, you know, essentially the more that people drive, the more 
uh, revenue from fuel tax TransLink brings in. Uh, and, and so, you know, up to this point, um, when our projections are really showing a decline in that revenue source and that fuel tax revenue source, as uh, more EVs hit the road, uh, as more fuel efficient vehicles are hitting the road, and so um, our fuel tax is beginning to decline. Uh, and so, you know, there's a real rethinking of the fuel tax that's, that we need to have. Uh, and that's not just with us, but that's with transportation authorities all across North America. You know, the fact is that for generations, uh, a fuel tax is how we have funded transportation, uh, transportation investments throughout North America. And that is a model that with the switch to EVs and more fuel efficient cars, that's not a model that works anymore. And so we've got to have a bigger conversation about how we fund and how we look at transit and really starting to think about transit as an investment in communities and in housing and unlocking housing opportunities uh, because investments in transit uh, aren't just about that transit operations itself. It's about making our, our communities more livable. Mm. Uh, do you know how much money TransLink off the top of your head, how much TransLink gets from that fuel tax? Uh, off the top of my head, I think it's around um, $400 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might have to confirm that. Point. Okay, roughly that much. Okay. Um, and at this point, obviously, we haven't hit critical mass, but we're getting there pretty quick with these EVs. Um, look, let's look forward to Vancouver for a moment here. 100,000 people moved here last year. We don't expect those numbers to be any different this year. Um, out of curiosity, what's it, where are your fastest growing areas in regards to just demand that you see? Is it Surrey? Is it the Valley? Or is it sort of Central Valley? Vancouver, I'm curious. Yeah, so we're, we're right now seeing the largest amount of growth um, south of the Fraser. So um, City of Langley, Langley Township, um, uh, Surrey, Delta. Uh, so a lot of these areas, are we are starting to see tremendous growth. Uh, and, and those are areas that have come back faster than other parts of the region um, from a ridership perspective. So for example, you know, today Surrey, uh, is at about 120% ridership recovery. So, you know, at the beginning of our conversation, I, I noted that 90% number. That's a system-wide average. But that really depends uh, based on what part of the region you're in geographically. And so Surrey is certainly uh, leading the pack, if you will, with about 120% ridership recovery. So 20% more people on transit than before the pandemic hit, which is quite incredible. Again, though, that's where we're also seeing severe overcrowding. And we've done as best as we can to adjust service to meet the demand that's out there. But even in doing so, even in adding 12% more bus service in Surrey over the past couple of years, as we've seen that uh, demand return, uh, we can't keep up. And uh, we are starting to see those overcrowding conditions. Uh, and we are show- we have modeling really showing that, you know, without additional investment in transit, you know, that overcrowding is going to be five or six times higher uh, in 2025 than it is today. Hmm. Uh, now, the, the price tag that was presented uh, uh, by uh, at UBCM uh, by the Mayor's mm-hmm. Council in regards to the ambitious plan, obviously you'd have a very important role to play in that conversation, uh, was $21 billion uh, over 10 years in regards to uh, for transit, uh, tra- to deal with transit growth in our region. Can you break that down and sort of where you see this growth, what kind of things the system needs to be doing and, and building and expanding upon? Sure, absolutely. So, you know, yesterday um, the, the Mayor's Council on Regional Transportation was, was at the Union of BC Municipalities Convention and really came together to urge uh, the provincial and federal governments to commit funding for uh, the, the Access for Everyone plan. That 
a 21 plus billion dollar transit expansion plan that really um, lays out what uh, we think the region needs from an expansion standpoint and includes some really important things like uh, doubling bus service in our region, uh, like building nine new bus rapid transit lines, increasing funding for active transportation. Um, all of these things that we know the region needs when, you know, we especially, you know, when we when we know the region is growing by at least 50,000 people a year, uh, so many people coming to this region and, and again, already seeing those those overcrowding conditions. I think, you know, one of the key messages that the mayor's council was really bringing yesterday is around this tie between transit and housing and affordability. Right. So, you know, transit expansion, again, isn't just about the transit. It's about enhancing access to new affordable housing developments. It's about better serving uh, existing communities where we can increase frequencies that, you know, give people a good, reliable transit option to leave the car at home, uh, you know, and essentially delays in expanding transit really just makes it um, more difficult for councils and developers to expand housing, the housing that we know our region really needs. And so that was really the crux of, of uh, the, the message yesterday is, you know, this uh, transit, expand, uh, investment in transit is a great way to address not just the, the transportation crisis, but also the housing crisis that we know we've had and um, meet our climate goals at the same time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's really coming together and recognizing that transit does open that door uh, to housing. We are speaking to TransLink CEO Kevin Quinn. We're talking about uh, the growth of TransLink and the fact that our region is growing significantly. In fact, uh, almost 4 in 10 rush hour bus trips will be severely overcrowded by 2025. Uh, mayors in the region have said that the region needs to spend about $21 billion on transit over the next 10 years. Now, speaking of that $21 billion over 10 years, it, of course, is very very ambitious, very expensive. Uh, Mr. Quinn, has there been any talk of the federal government being engaged in this conversation? Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the federal government's been uh, a really important partner for us, um, certainly in helping to fund uh, our, our previous expansion plan, which included big projects like the, the Surrey Langley SkyTrain and the Broadway SkyTrain extensions. And I also just want to note that, you know, we have just such a strong partnership with the province who has done so much to provide um, op- operating funding for TransLink to enable us to keep our service levels high. And that's something that a lot of other provinces didn't do, but we've been so fortunate um, here in BC to, to have such a, a transit-supportive um, province, and so we're extremely appreciative for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're at a point where, um, you know, we've got a, uh, we're looking you know, to the province and the federal government to, to make some commitments towards this Access for Everyone plan. And, uh, that was really the purpose behind that announcement today. We, you know, I'll also just note that, um, you know, we did some surveying work that really also showed that, uh, you know, three quarters of Metro Vancouver residents believe it's crucial that uh, governments are proactive in building transit in response to population growth. You know, the region's um, really behind us. They recognize the region. Uh, our riders recognize the, the need for more transit. I think the region recognizes it as well. So it's it's a collective uh, responsibility with really mutual goals. Hmm. Uh, are other regions having difficulty, whether in Canada or so the other cities, having difficulty in regards to uh, just attracting uh, people back? You did say you, you, the TransLink is doing better than the vast majority yeah. uh, in, in North America. What are the challenges they're having in other cities? I'm just curious uh, because, you know, our numbers are moving in the right direction. I'm curious as to why other yep. cities are struggling. 
Sure. I Well, you know, so first, uh, you know, I'll just reiterate, I think first we were extremely lucky to have the support of the province, which allowed us to keep service levels um, basically at 100 uh, percent service levels throughout the pandemic. There's a lot of cities in North America uh, that cut service, that, that laid off uh, uh, bus operators, for example. And then when they tried to bring back service, they've had difficulty hiring bus operators and getting that service back on the street. So by by continuing that service throughout the pandemic, providing that transit service for essential workers, um, uh, we were able to retain, uh, you know, a lot of trust in the system. I think we we also were quite nimble in um, in our, our adjustments that we made throughout the pandemic uh, to uh, meet the the service where demand was. And so I think that was important as well. But uh, you know, other systems, whether it's trying to get service back or, or operator shortages, things like that. A lot of uh, systems are facing similar uh, issues and getting that ridership back. Uh, I think we've been extremely um, lucky and quite well positioned here in BC to get riders back and well positioned now for expansion. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was using uh, the Canada line last week. Uh, I recall my early days of report covering, covering the uh, debate on funding that Canada line. <laughs> it got very political as it does in these things. And I think it took three votes, yeah. even though we had federal, provincial, and I think Bombardier or private sector dollars going into it as well. It runs very well. Uh, um, I'm just curious, there's been talk of potentially an at, at grade line in the Fraser Valley going all the way to the Scott Road station. This is all at this point, very early stages and uh, no commitment whatsoever. Um, can our system work with an at-grade system with the present SkyTrain system that we have, or do you think over the long term we're going to continue to build out our SkyTrain system because it is so interconnected, it works very well, uh, and it's generally been a success in, in, in this city, or do you think there is room for some more at-grade systems like a West Coast Express, perhaps to augment the system? And in many ways, it's cheaper as well to, to, uh, to, to, uh, to build uh, compared to a SkyTrain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, the SkyTrain has been um, so successful and we've got good projects underway like the Surrey-Langley SkyTrain and, and the Broadway subway project. And eventually, um, I think the hope is, you know, an extension out to UBC, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, above ground, um, elevated or, or underground, you know, has really yet to be determined. But, uh, you know, what you're really getting at, though, is you know, a key part of any kind of alternative analysis that's going to do a cost-benefit analysis of, of what makes the most sense from a project perspective. And so, um, you know, I'd say for our part, we've really focused on getting those projects, um, uh, focusing on those projects that can be done quickly. So, you know, our Access for Everyone plan, for example, identifies bus rapid transit. Uh, one of the main reasons it does is, is it's much more cost-effective than um very expensive rail systems, and it can also be done faster. So, you know, I guess, you know, in, in response to your question, I, I would note that, you know, in all of our public surveys we've done, what we've heard from the public is they want solutions now. They they don't want big, expensive uh, lines. They want solutions today. They, they don't want something 10 years from now. They are facing an affordability crisis today. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are rapid transit solutions that we can roll out today that you can also build in such a way as not to preclude um, future transition to, say, a rail system. Um, so, you know, I guess what I'd say is in the short term, you know, we're really focused on those solutions that we can roll out very, very fast uh, that give people the solutions they need today. And, you know, we always keep our eyes open for things we can upgrade it to in the future. 
Mr. Quinn, uh, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to chatting with you soon uh, on this very important issue because I know there's a lot of questions in regards to where we're headed with transit and TransLink. Look forward to seeing you in the studio very soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.